Now, before I lost 30 pounds, sugar was what I struggled with the most. And maybe you can relate to that if you're in a position of trying to lose weight right now or trying to establish healthy eating habits. Now, this is the area of my diet that I had to work the hardest on because I have a really hard time saying no to brownies, cookies, cakes, donuts, cupcakes. Like I said earlier, I even owned a cupcake company, which I walked away from when I decided that my health and your health was more important. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show, where you'll learn how to get your mind right so that your body will follow. I'm Trudy Stone, certified culinary nutritionist, TV guest expert, and author. After self-hacking my mind and body to lose 30 pounds, I now help busy, overwhelmed women use stress as their superpower so that they can rise above it and become more calm, resilient, and physically fit. Each week, not only will you learn nutrition and stress management habits, you'll also learn about the power of food to enhance your mental and physical well-being and how to overcome your battles with living a healthier lifestyle. The secret to eating healthier, improving your mood, and increasing your energy are not only about what you put in your stomach, it's also about what's going on in your brain. So congratulations on showing up. I promise to support you on your health journey with every single episode. Let's begin. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show. This is culinary nutritionist Trudy Stone, and I'm so grateful that you tuned in today. The average American consumes over 150 pounds of sugar per year. Canadians, we're not doing that much better. We're consuming about 88 pounds of sugar per year. This is scary when you consider that high blood sugar is one of the biggest risk factors for depression. In fact, studies show that countries with the highest intake of sugar also have the highest rates of depression. On today's episode, we're talking all about sugar, that sweet stuff, what it does to your brain and your body, and how you can minimize your intake of sugar for a healthier lifestyle. So grab a cup of tea and get settled in for this because I am spilling that tea everywhere. Sugar is killing us straight up. Now, this may sound extreme, but sugar and heroin hit the same receptors in the brain. Now, I want you to think about it for a minute. How often do you consume sugar? Every day? Probably. Most people don't even realize that sugar lurks in so many of the foods we eat every single day, which is what I'm going to be talking about in a minute. There are reported to be over 56 different names for sugar. Now, your day probably looks a little bit something like this. For breakfast, you might have a coffee or tea. You might add a few teaspoons in there. You might have a muffin or a bagel with your coffee. You might have a bowl of cereal, or you might have a stack of pancakes. For lunch, you might have a sandwich with some barbecue sauce or some other type of sauce, a slice of pizza, salad dressing, maybe some fruit juice or some soda to wash it all down. Dinner might be pasta again, or it might be any of those other items that you had for lunch. All of those common foods that I just mentioned, yep, they contain sugar. It's no wonder that the average person eats about 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. Now, I want you to triumph over sugar once and for all. Now, if the former owner of a cupcake company and Mrs. Cookie Monster herself can do it, you can do it too. Yep, sugar is a hot, hot 
topic. All right. You know, do you watch Wendy Williams? I have to admit, I do love my girl, Wendy Williams. If you like Wendy Williams too, I want you to find me on Instagram over at trudyestone.com. Slip up into my DMs and let me know. Say, hey girl, or no, even leave me a, how you doing? And my Wendy fans, you'll know exactly what that means. (laughs) But look, I don't know about you, but my sweet tooth is so big, it can barely fit in my mouth. In fact, they're practically... Okay, I wouldn't say in fact, but it does practically leap out of my mouth anytime I see a cookie. Yep, I'm telling you the truth. This is a confessional, y'all. I'm right there with you. Now, before I lost 30 pounds, sugar was what I struggled with the most. And maybe you can relate to that if you're in a position of trying to lose weight right now or trying to establish healthy eating habits. Now, this is the area of my diet that I had to work the hardest on because I have a really hard time saying no to brownies, cookies, cakes, donuts, cupcakes. Like I said earlier, I even owned a cupcake company, which I walked away from when I decided that my health and your health was more important. Okay, since we're kind of on the same page and we're all part of the Sugar Addicts Anonymous Club, I'm happy to share in this episode what has worked for me in the hopes that it works for you too. So let's start with this. Hi, my name is Trudy and I am a former sugar addict. (laughs) All right, so let's talk about what sugar does to your body. High sugar intake is linked to obesity, metabolic syndrome, type 2 diabetes, high cholesterol, heart disease, fatty liver disease, cancer, and most importantly, inflammation. Now, when we often consume too much sugar, it causes our brain to release an overabundance of dopamine into the reward system. This continued increase in frequency and intensity of reward center stimulation lead to addictive behaviors, okay? So think about it. We want that pleasurable feeling, right, that we get from feeling that elevated dopamine to continue. So we seek out more and more sugar, So everyone knows that cigarettes, alcohol, and, you know, illicit drugs can be addictive. But few people realize that the high amounts of sugar many of us are consuming on a daily basis can be even more harmful. Now, let's look about, uh, let's talk about some of the signs of sugar addiction, okay? Some of the signs of sugar addiction are uncontrollable sugar cravings, binges, uh, withdrawal, constantly feeling hungry, irritability, and low energy. How many of those signs have you experienced? Okay, we're going to be talking about energy a little bit and a little bit later as well. So if you are, you know, struggling with your energy levels right now, you definitely want to make sure you stay tuned for that. Okay, so high sugar intake also shrinks your brain and also affects your brain's ability to produce BDNF. And that's called brain derived neurotropic factor. It's kind of like miracle grow for your brain. Okay, it's a protein that helps your brain to produce new brain cells. And in fact, Alzheimer's is now being called type 3 diabetes by experts because it's been linked to a high sugar diet. That's crazy. Type 3 diabetes occurs when neurons in the brain become unable to respond to insulin, which is essential for basic tasks, including memory as well as learning. So some researchers believe that insulin deficiency is key to the cognitive decline of Alzheimer's disease. So insulin resistance in the brain contributes to the development of cognitive decline and people with type 2 diabetes have an increased risk of Alzheimer's. Also, when experts look at brain scans, they can see evidence that eating too much sugar and processed foods actually eats away at your brain power and your memory. Then there's the mental health standpoint. 
And this is an issue right now that I am particularly concerned about as a nutritionist. So at the top of the episode, I mentioned that high blood sugar is one of the biggest risk factors for depression. Studies show us that countries with the highest intake of sugar also have the highest rates of depression. This is because sugar causes a lot of inflammation in the body. And inflammation is at the root of most, if not all, diseases. In fact, mental illness rates have increased over the past 20 years. In fact, they've actually doubled. And this is a number that I suspect that we'll see grow in light of the events of 2020. So what's perhaps most frightening is that during this pandemic, many of us have been turning to these high sugar foods for comfort. But it might not be your fault that you're hooked on these foods. And here's why. I talked about this back in episode nine, but I want to talk about hyperpalatable foods for a sec. Now, hyperpalatability, I know it's a very wordy word. It's a term that describes a food that's essentially impossibly delicious. So I want you to pause and think about it for a moment about these favorite treats of yours that just seem impossible to resist or stop eating. It's likely that that food falls into this category. And if you want to learn even more about these types of addictive foods, I highly recommend that you go back to episode nine. Okay, and I'll drop a link in the show notes below so that you can check that out. Now, these hyperpalatable foods are not natural foods because nowhere in nature will you find sugar combined with fat, combined with wheat, combined with starch. So what food scientists do is combine these flavors, and it's those types of packaged, processed, industrially manufactured foods that are the biggest problem. They're the foods that are the most addictive, and it's why we can't just have one potato chip from that bag of chips, and we end up going through the entire bag before we even realize it. Just think about all the times you've been sitting in front of the TV with a bag of chips and being surprised when your hand hits the bottom scraping for crumbs. It's also why it's impossible to just have one scoop of ice cream and why we're frequently inclined to just eat that whole container. Now, in addition to the effects of sugar on the brain, it has wide reaching effects on the rest of your body. When we consume sugar, it's quickly absorbed into your bloodstream as blood glucose. In response to increasing blood glucose levels, your pancreas releases a hormone called insulin. So insulin has many roles in the body, but the primary one is to signal glucose uptake by the cells for energy production or storage as fat. When large amounts of sugar are consumed, our blood glucose rises rapidly, triggering a large release of insulin, which works to bring our blood glucose levels back down, in part by triggering fat production. So the large increase in blood sugar is a signal to your body that you've consumed too much energy and therefore need to store that energy as fat. So this is why many people struggle with losing weight, because of insulin resistance. As insulin works to bring our blood glucose down, blood glucose levels frequently dip to lower than normal, leaving us feeling lethargic and craving another sugar kick. So that's right. When your insulin spikes, it makes you crave even more simple carbs, which spike your blood sugar, and more sugary treats. So this hazard cycle contributes to obesity, weight gain, heart disease, cancer, lack of energy, and a lowered immune system. It's a devastating, never-ending cycle. Sugar is an important source of energy. In order to maintain your energy levels, bounce around from you know meeting to meeting or video conference to video conference, um, chasing after the kids, you know, helping them with all of those assignments or all of those, you know, home study and virtual learning, you need to keep your blood sugar levels stable. However, When consumed in excess, sugar can wreak havoc on your health. Stress hormones such as cortisol and adrenaline are released into your blood when you consume too much or the wrong types of sugar. 
Now, we can't talk about blood sugar regulation without talking about the glycemic index. So the glycemic index may be tied to your low energy levels. The glycemic index measures how quickly carbohydrates convert to sugar in your blood. So the scale is from 0 to 100. Foods that score high in the glycemic index should be minimized because they promote higher insulin levels. So these are foods that score about 60 or higher. And if you were to just Google glycemic index or glycemic index chart, you'll see what those foods are. And then you'll see that um, that scale as well. Now, many people also turn to sugary treats to give their energy a boost. But it's only a Band-Aid solution that tanks your energy levels and makes it worse. If you want to have control over your energy and your health, you have to control your blood sugar levels. The foods that have a high glycemic index are digested quickly by our bodies and make your blood sugar fluctuate like a ride at Six Flags. So this affects your energy in a negative way. Some examples are refined and processed grains, such as white rice, juice, uh, white pasta, sweet fruits, cookies, bagels. Low GI foods, on the other hand, are digested by your body more slowly, and therefore the sugar is absorbed by your body more slowly. So this helps to stabilize your blood sugar and your energy levels. Belly fat is a common struggle for people looking to lose weight, and it can also be harmful to your health. This type of fat is called visceral fat and is a major risk factor for heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and other serious conditions. It can be tough to lose, but not impossible. Learn how you can burn belly fat and make it easier with my free guide, Seven Ways to Melt Your Muffin Top Fast, backed by science. You can find it over at trudyestone.com. I'll also drop a link in the show notes so you can grab it. All right, so let's talk about some sugar sources that you think are healthy, but they're not. So these foods have a health halo, but are actually tanking your weight loss as well as your health. So number one is fruit juice. Now, I don't care if it has peaches, strawberries, or blueberries. Turn that bottle around and check out how many grams of sugar it contains. Fruit juices are one of the top hidden sources of sugar. There's also healthy drinks um, as well as kombucha that people like consuming. Now, don't get me wrong. I love my kombucha and I think it's great. But there are some brands that can be quite high in sugar. So again, if you are drinking kombucha, I really want to encourage you to check that label. I also want you to look at the serving size because typically the serving size stated on the package is not for the whole package, but just a portion of it. In fact, sugar-sweetened beverages are the largest source of sugar consumed in North America. And I think that, you know, a lot of drinks like coconut water as well have a health halo too because of the potassium that it contains. But that could be potentially anywhere up to like 15 grams of sugar being funneled right into your bloodstream without any fiber or protein or anything like that to slow it down. So I would say sugar-sweetened beverages are a major problem for most people. And if it is for you as well, I want to encourage you to start there. All right, so let's talk about artificial sweeteners, okay? Because a lot of people are dumping this into their coffee. They're also, you know, drinking beverages with these artificial sweeteners as well. So artificial sweeteners are sugar substitutes that trick your taste buds because they taste way sweeter than other sources of sugar. Then when you eat less sweet foods or foods that are naturally sweet, let's say, for example, fruit, um, they don't taste as sweet to you because you've been accustomed to this sugar times, you know, 1000. So artificial sugars can also be a trigger to consume more artificial foods like soda and processed foods. Then we have agave syrup. So, you know, we've been completely bamboozled with this whole agave syrup thing. 
Why the sweetener continues to get any like healthy press really is a testimony to its triumph of marketing over science. And I pause because this is, a, I feel like this is a whole episode all on its own as well. The way that foods are marketed um, to be perceived as being healthy when there actually aren't. Um, this is definitely a pet peeve of mine. I'm going off on a tangent here. I promised myself I was not going to do this, but um you know, this is a pet peeve of mine as well, because when I was losing weight, um, I had discovered a lot of things about the weight loss industry. And one of those things was low fat foods. Um, and I was eating these low fat foods. So like low fat yogurt, low fat salad dressings and all of these foods thinking that I was doing myself a favor and I was helping myself to lose weight and I was doing the right thing. I was eating healthy, not really realizing the evils of all of these low fat products, all the different um, additives that were added to them, sugar and all of these different things. So that's why I pause um, when I say that, just because I do feel like that is a whole issue and episode on its own. So I'm going to make a note here that actually might be a future episode. But back to agave. Um, so most agave syrup has a higher fructose content than commercial sweeteners, um, ranging anywhere from 55 to 97 percent. And this is far higher than the other evil monster I like to talk about or maybe don't like to talk about high fructose corn syrup, which averages about 55 percent. So you also need to be mindful of those sneaky sources of sugar as well. Okay, Um, salad dressings, commercial sauces like pasta sauces, prepackaged sauces, um, cereal, crackers, ketchup, barbecue sauce. These are all major offenders and are usually made with high fructose corn syrup, which certainly is not good for you. High fructose corn syrup is a nasty life sucker that's found in processed foods and sodas. It's harmful because our bodies convert it into fat very rapidly, which leaves us with muffin tops and jiggly arms. High fructose corn syrup is a man-made food product as far from mother nature as possible. Think about it this way. Have you ever seen or heard of a high fructose corn syrup tree? Well, neither have I, right? So you'll typically find high fructose corn syrup lurking in packaged as well as baked goods. So that's why I always encourage people, if you are going to eat cookies, if you are going to have a cake or loaf or whatever it is, Rather than buying it at the store or buying it prepackaged, I would rather you make that in your kitchen yourself. Because even if you're adding sugar to it in your kitchen when you're making it on your own, it's still going to be better for you than what you're going to buy that's prepackaged in the store. Okay. Now, what's most important to note about fructose, going back to fructose, um, is that fructose can only be metabolized by the liver. And this is really important. Uh, Fructose converts directly into fat in your body. High fructose and added sugars are even more harmful. So some studies have found that fructose is associated with, you know, speeding up of aging, uh, causing obesity, which can also lead to type 2 diabetes, having a negative impact on fertility, making it harder for your body to defend itself against illnesses or infections um, and increase the risk of cancers like breast cancer, uh, ovarian cancer and prostate. Then we have dried fruits. This is another one as well. Um, many people think that dried fruits are automatically good for you because, hey, it's fruit, right? But most of the time, they have added sugar as well. So again, just make sure that you're checking the label. I really want to encourage you to become label detectives. Really look at that label, okay? I also really want you to look at the ingredient label as well. And if you see sugar in the first three ingredients, I really want you to just leave that product on the shelf, okay? So again, 
a lot of people are just looking at the nutrition facts table, which yes, is also helpful because we need to know the serving sizes and that sort of thing. But I also really want to encourage you to look at the list of ingredients as well. If you see things like yellow dye number five, blue dye number four, that those are not things you want to put in your body because at that point you're not fueling health. You're only fueling disease. Okay. Now let's go back to sugar for a second. Sorry, to fruit for a second. So if you're wondering about fruit, and this is something I get asked a lot as well, like is eating fruit bad for me? Doesn't fruit have sugar? I should stay away from fruit. So yes, natural sugars are present in fruit, but there's really no reason to avoid eating it. Uh, One to two servings a day of fruit is fine. And in fact, is encouraged because fruits contain natural or sorry, fruits contain small amounts of sugar, but they also contain a lot of different nutrients, fiber and antioxidants that are beneficial for your health. So the ones I recommend the most are berries, since they're high in fiber, they're high in antioxidants, um, and they're also lower in sugar as well, okay? So let's talk about how to beat your sugar addiction so that you can fit back into those skinny jeans. Wait a minute, hold on. Is anyone even wearing jeans anymore? Like, I can't even remember the last time that I've worn them. I don't know about you. Um, I I think people are calling them hard pants now. I've seen a lot of people on the ground calling them hard pants and haven't been, you know, wearing hard pants for a while. Uh, But for me personally, and this is what I'm wearing right now as I record this, it is all about those stretchy pants and tights. So over the holidays, I know I'm digressing here. Over the holidays, I treated myself to a wide variety of different types of, you know, fun tights and different colors and different patterns because I know I'm just in the house, right? So I want to make sure that at least if I'm going to be wearing tights, I just want to have some fun with it, right? Anyways, I digress again. All right, so let's talk about how to beat a sugar addiction. So let's talk about how you can tame that sugar dragon lurking inside. Now, when I was writing my book, Unbreakable, I learned about the habit forming process called the habit loop. So, you know, I talked about this back in episode, I can't remember what episode it was, but I will make sure to link it up for you in the show notes below. Now, the habit loop consists of three things. Okay, so number one, it's the trigger. So the trigger is the thing that triggers the habit and tells your brain it's time to go into that automatic mode and which habit to use. Then you have the routine. The routine is routine is exactly what it sounds like. It's the behavior itself or the action you take. Then you have the reward. The reward is the benefit that you gain from the behavior and the thing that makes you want to repeat that habit. So, again, you can kind of think about it as your why, right? The thing that motivates you to do that behavior. Now, most people obsess over breaking bad habits when the focus should be on replacing bad habits. So to change a habit, you must keep the old trigger and deliver the old reward, but insert a new routine. So if you use the same trigger and provide the same reward, you can shift the routine and change the habit. Almost any behavior can be transformed if the cue and the reward, or sorry, if the trigger and the reward stay the same. Now, if you want to create a new healthier habit, um, in this case, let's say eating less sugar, it's easier if there was something familiar at the beginning and at the end. So for example, let's say you're sitting at your desk in the afternoon, right? You're feeling sluggish. um, You're feeling tired. Feeling tired in this case would be your trigger. So you get up from your desk, you go downstairs, um, you grab a muffin or a cookie. That's your routine. Now, when you get back to your desk, you feel more focused. You're able to continue working without your head hitting that keyboard, right? That would be the reward. So the trick here would be inserting a new routine. Now, this is where protein and healthy fats come in. Now, foods that are higher in protein, fiber, and healthy fats rate lower on the glycemic index scale that I mentioned earlier. In turn, these foods help to alleviate your sugar cravings, reduce your hunger, 
and also help to stabilize your blood sugar levels, ultimately giving you more energy. So try to incorporate lean proteins like chicken, fish, um, dairy, and eggs, okay? And if you're gonna do dairy, I recommend that you purchase organic. That's a whole other different story, whole other different episode as well. Um, But make sure that you're purchasing organic to minimize your risk of exposure to different growth hormones um, and that sort of thing. Um, You know, fiber-rich legumes, so beans, nuts, and lentils. These are also really great ways to curb your sugar cravings and keep your energy in check. Okay, some great examples of healthy fats are foods like nuts, seeds, um, I like chia seeds, flax seeds, hemp seeds, um, sesame seeds, pumpkin seeds. um, They're also known as pepitas, avocado and coconut oil. Now, when I was losing weight, what I would do is I was working in the corporate world um, at that time. And for my mid-afternoon snack, I would like to go to Starbucks and get a double chocolate brownie. That was my thing. I love that. I To this day, I still love the double chocolate brownie. And if I'm having a bad day, sometimes I do indulge in the double chocolate brownie. True confession. I told you I had a sweet tooth, y'all. So what I did was, of course, the trigger was the same. Okay. It was, let's say, 2.30 in the afternoon. I felt sluggish and I felt tired. And what I would normally do is go downstairs to Starbucks, get my double chocolate brownie. Instead, what I did was I inserted a new routine. The new routine that I inserted instead was, and I know it is not a replacement. I know what you guys are going to say. It is not a direct replacement for the double chocolate brownie. But what I did instead was I did apple slices, almond butter, and cinnamon. Okay, so that was my snack. Um, And it was a tremendous, it sounds so simple, but there's there's so much power in that snack. And I'm going to tell you why. Apples are really high in fiber, okay? So that's the first thing. If you're gonna have some sort of a snack, um, if you're gonna help to alleviate these sugar cravings, fiber is the name of the game. And many people are deficient in fiber, which is probably one of the reasons why you have these intense sugar cravings, okay? So apples are a great source of fiber. Then I would sprinkle cinnamon onto the apples. Cinnamon is really great for blood sugar control. Um, And cinnamon also has a bit of a natural sweet taste as well. Okay, and then I would dip them in some almond butter. Okay, almond butter is a great source of healthy fat. Okay, so that was the new routine that I had inserted, and I did feel satisfied. Did it taste the same as a double chocolate brownie? No, but did it satisfy the craving? And did I not think about the brownie anymore? Yeah, right. So that's what I mean. So you just have to challenge yourself to just come up with a new routine. Okay. Belly fat is a common struggle for people looking to lose weight, and it can also be harmful to your health. This type of fat is called visceral fat and is a major risk factor for heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and other serious conditions. It can be tough to lose, but not impossible. Learn how you can burn belly fat and make it easier with my free guide, 7 Ways to Melt Your Muffin Top Fast, backed by science. You can find it over at trudyestone.com. I'll also drop a link in the show notes so you can grab it. Now, I I mentioned this on the podcast before, but I lost 30 pounds seven years ago now. Um, You can learn all about this in my book, Unbreakable. I'll link it into the show notes before. So the book, Unbreakable, is all about the seven habits I use to lose 30 pounds and keep it off. So again, I'll place that link in the show notes so you guys can check that out. Now, when weaning myself off of sugar when I was trying to lose weight, what I learned was two things. Number one, I could still enjoy these foods in moderation. And number two, there were ways in which I could make these foods healthier. So some of my favorite treats healthier without sacrificing flavor and not feel guilty about it. So let's talk about some alternative sugar sources. Okay, so we talked about GIs, protein, fiber. Now let's talk about some alternative sugars you can incorporate into your diet. 
Again, it's about replacing those bad habits. So having healthier alternatives will help you to insert a new routine. Simple carbs, so think things like white bread, um, white pasta, donuts, cookies, and sugar convert into fat in our bodies. So when you're trying to lose weight, you want to stay far, far away from them. All of these simple carbs, all those processed foods that I just mentioned. I want you to treat them like a skunk who was just crossed in front of you in the road. Yeah, stare clear of them like that. <laughs> now, if you really, really must have sugar, try to use some alternative sweeteners that are lower on the glycemic index instead. Keeping your blood sugar levels under control and avoiding foods that quickly raise your blood sugar levels is important to weight loss and stabilizing your energy. Now, although I believe that you're sweet enough already, I get it. You still want to enjoy some sweet treats. I would highly suggest limiting sugar intake or using sugars that don't throw your blood sugar into a tailspin. So let's talk about some alternative sugars that you can try right now. And the first one I'm going to start with is my go-to, okay? Coconut palm sugar. This is my go-to sugar for baking. And if you've seen me on the TV show City Line, you have seen me do multiple recipes using coconut palm sugar because it really is that one go-to sugar that I have in my kitchen. Now you can replace it one-to-one -one for other sugars that you bake with. So I like that it adds nice notes of caramel. So coconut palm sugar is essentially coconut palm sap that has been boiled and dehydrated, resulting in granules known as coconut sugar. So although it comes from a coconut tree, it doesn't even taste like coconut. It's nutritious. Um, it contains lots of antioxidants. It also has calcium, zinc, iron, and potassium. Then we have maple syrup, okay? But the label should read 100% pure maple syrup. Anything else runs in the same camp as Aunt Jemima, who ooh, did not have a good 2020, and Mrs. Butterworth, okay? So newsflash, those aren't real maple syrups, okay? Maple syrup is rich in antioxidants and a great addition to your baked goods. So healthy reasoning aside, real maple syrup, it just tastes so much richer in flavor than all of that artificial stuff. Then we have medjool dates. So juicy, plump, naturally sweet dates are a great addition to desserts and smoothies. They're packed with fiber and contain potassium, calcium, and vitamin B6. I also love that they have a rich flavor and a sweet taste without the calories. So you're talking to the converted here because dates were actually never really on my radar. Um, and there was a time that I didn't even want to be in the same room with them. But there are so many different things that you can do with dates. So don't shun them like I did. They just need a little love. I've also been using Leva date sugar as well. Um, and Leva date sugar only contains two ingredients, whole ground dehydrated dates and love. That's according to their website. But yeah, I started using that actually quite recently and I really love it. Like I've been using it in my coffee. Um, when I've been baking, I've been using it. Um, I made a smoothie bowl, like a sweet potato smoothie bowl. I put the leva date sugar in there. So I highly recommend that you check that out as well. Um, I'll drop a link in the show notes for you so you can check them out. They are not paying me to say this, but I have tried the product and I actually really do like it. So when I find something that I like, I just, I can't wait to share it with people. So that's why I'm just giving you the 411 on that one. So I'll make sure to drop a link in the show notes for leave a date sugar in case you're interested in checking that out. All right, so next we have raw honey. And I state raw because traditional honey that is found in a bear with a cute yellow top, you know what I'm talking about, right? Is heavily processed. 
It's processed using very high heat, which turns it into the liquid form that you may be familiar with and also removes a lot of the nutrients. Raw honey, on the other hand, is the least processed honey available and does not undergo any heat processing and also has tons of nutrients. So raw honey is also another one that I have. So um, in terms of the ones I have in my kitchen, you know what? I'm going to do the roundup at the end and let you know all the ones that I use in my kitchen and kind of how I use them. Okay. So blackstrap molasses, that's another one that I have as well. So this thick nutrient packed syrup, it contains potassium, calcium, iron, and that anti-stress nutrient magnesium, just to name a few. And it is so good for cookies like ginger cookies. So when I make some gingerbread cookies over the holidays, I definitely put the blackstrap molasses in there. It's great for gingerbreads. It's great for barbecue sauces as well, right? And bonus, it's also really great for your hair as well, okay? Now, when you eat it, don't put it in your hair directly or anything like that because I'm sure that that result would not turn out really well. But it does have really great nutrients in there that are beneficial for your hair, okay? Brown rice syrup. Brown rice syrup starts out with brown rice that is fermented along with enzymes, which breaks down the starch. So the liquid is then heated until the syrup consistency is achieved. So the result is kind of a thick amber colored sweet syrup that's perfect for recipes that call for white sugar um, or corn syrup or other unhealthy sweeteners. So I love using it to make chewy homemade granola bars. Okay, so the fermented process actually helps to break down the sugars into ones that are easily digestible. And then we have xylitol, which you may have heard of before. So xylitol used to be derived from birch trees, but now it more likely comes from either corn husks or a blend of corn and birch. So xylitol is a natural sugar alcohol that is said to have 33% fewer calories than sugar. So Europeans have used xylitol for ages as a sweetener for diabetics. Table sugar has a glycemic index of 100 and xylitol ranks only at seven. Okay. And again, the glycemic index, quick reminder, it is a scale of how quickly it actually spikes your blood sugar, carbs uh, spike your blood sugar. Okay. So again, table sugar has a glycemic index of 100, which is out of this world. And xylitol ranks at about seven. Then we have stevia. Okay. So the stevia plant has been used for more than, I don't even know, almost probably 2000 years by South Americans. Um, so stevia is a herb that grows in North and South America, and it's 300 times sweeter than sugar. So it has no known adverse effects as of recording this episode on blood sugar. So studies have found that it can be helpful to diabetics who need to completely avoid white table sugar. But if you are diabetic, I do want to encourage you to check with your doctor before you try any of these other natural um, or alternative sugar sources. So um, stevia was also found to balance insulin resistance as well, okay? So again, insulin is the hormone that's made in your pancreas, and its role is to help your body to shuffle around sugars from your food into your cells, okay? So when it comes to stevia, a little goes a long way. So you only need to add a teeny bit to your morning beverage or baked goods, okay? So are you wondering if I forgot about brown sugar? No, I did not. Here's the thing. Traditional brown sugar is actually just white sugar with a little bit of molasses added in for color. It's still a heavily processed refined sugar like white sugar. So I would strongly encourage you. I know there's a, a health halo with brown sugar. People think it's better. I would rather have you choose one of the other ones on the list. Okay. 
So in terms of the ones that I use or my go-tos in my kitchen, as I mentioned, uh, coconut palm sugar, that's kind of the gold standard for me in my kitchen. Um, I use this in my coffee pretty much. Like if I have my coffee, I'll put that in my coffee. Um, Maple syrup. I also have maple syrup in my kitchen. I use maple syrup if I'm baking sometimes. I'll use maple syrup when I make a green tea latte. Um, Also use maple syrup if I'm making any sort of homemade granola bar because it makes the granola bar nice and chewy. Brown rice syrup can be a little bit more expensive. So, you know, maple syrup might be a better option for that if you want to make your homemade granola bars. Dates, like I said, I use dates in my smoothies. So I typically have some dates hanging around. I'll just drop some of them in my smoothies. But now that I have the Leva date sugar, I've been kind of using that a little bit more as well. Um, Raw honey, like I said, I definitely have in the kitchen as well. Um, Raw honey, I don't find myself using it as much these days, if I'm completely honest. Um, But I do have it around if I feel like I need to just add a little bit of sweetness to my smoothie. I might put that in my smoothie. Um, If I make a hot chocolate, I like making um, a homemade hot chocolate sometimes at night. I might use uh, the raw honey and and hot chocolate. Okay, so that's what I use um, just so that you know, just so you have some inspiration on how you can kind of use some of these things. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm going to be completely honest with you and tell you that, yes, these sugars are going to be a bit pricier than your standard white sugar. However, and this is a big however, your health is priceless, except for the medical bills that you might receive for treatments and medications due to an abundance of refined white sugars you may be consuming. Now, these options that I just provided, these alternative sugar options, they don't give you a license to consume more sugar. And I am not saying that sugar is healthy. These options are just meant to give you some guidelines about choosing and consuming sugar more wisely so you can build healthier eating habits. Um, and if I could recommend any one of those ones on this list, if I could, if you were to ask me, okay, Trudy, if I only had to buy one from that list that you mentioned, which one should I buy? Coconut palm sugar. Because it's just very versatile and you can use it in a lot of different ways, okay? Now, if you eat sugar frequently, which most of us do, you owe it to yourself and your family, especially if you have children, to at least try out some of these alternative sugars. Now, again, if I could recommend only one above, I would say go with coconut palm sugar, okay? Because you can use it pretty much in place of white and brown sugar, and it's also pretty easy to find. Now, on a final note, there's another crucial overlooked thing you can do to help you to manage your sugar intake, and that's to get more sleep. You're probably thinking, well, what does sleep have to do with sugar? Okay, here's what's up. Our hunger patterns are driven by our hormones, and sleep is a master hormonal regulator. So I'm a big fan of getting enough sleep, and I think sleep is one of the biggest things that we discredit. Now, I read a research paper and I read that about 30% of the general population suffers from insomnia. So this is problematic when you look at the fact that sleep really helps to strengthen your willpower to help you to make better decisions when it comes to our diet. Okay. And there's also research, um, research studies that show as well that, you know, with people who lack sleep, they make very poor decisions the next day, specifically as it relates to food. So if you're struggling with sugar addiction um, and things like that, I would look to other parts of your life that you can kind of sort of optimize to reduce the burden that you place on your willpower, which is a finite resource. Okay, and I talked about, um, you know, your environment, how your environment is stronger than your willpower. I talked about this in one of the previous episodes. So just think about that for a moment. Your environment is stronger than your willpower. So you really need to make sure that you're setting up your environment for success and make sure that your environment is in line with your healthy eating habits and your healthy eating goals you're trying to cultivate, 
Okay. So now that you know the effects of sugar on your body and also have some ideas for alternative sugar sources, I want you to come on over to Instagram and let me know which one of these alternative sugar sources you can, you'll try. You can find me on Instagram at trudyestone.com and I'll also place a link in the show notes below. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mind Your Body Show. I hope that you learned something new to help you transform your life and your body. For more after the show, make sure to head over to trudyestone.com. That's where you'll find all of the show notes. Also make sure to head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a rating to let us know what you thought about the episode. And remember, get your mind right and your body will follow. Thanks for tuning in.